Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we dredge up the horrors lurking in the shadowy past. In this corner, still waiting for the VA to come through, Twilight Zone, and the challenger sliming and glorping and blorping up your patio. Are you afraid of the dark? I hope you've all been to the therapist, because this is Put Up Your Spooks! This week's theme... Nightcrawlers. Hey, hey, 80s Jeff. What are you up to, Ryan? I'm just being 90s Ryan, baby. I went to Home Depot today. I saw the Halloween stuff was out. Oh, man. And so I picked myself up a sweet LED glowing jack-o'-lantern because uh, the squirrels here are <laughs> ravenous. And, and I, re- I literally can't keep an actual pumpkin out for more than a couple days. I, I ran into just a, a random guy who was also looking at the Halloween decorations, and we ended up having a literal 30-minute conversation about yard decorations and uh, Midsummer Scream and stuff oh, like that. Oh, man. It was pretty fun. So, uh, shout out to Sam. Shall we waste no time? Too late for that. Here we go with Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Water Demons. The moment I fall asleep, I'm visited by water demons. There's this kid, Sean, and he's a real little shit. He's a bit of a troublemaker. So his parents have sent him to stay with his cousin, Dean, for the summer. And he's not happy because there's no movies. There's nothing to do. There's no girls. There's nothing. He immediately steals gum at the store. I believe it's Dean's father's store that that he works at. And Sean steals a gum. And Dean is like, hey, you, you can't do that. You've got to pay for that, gums. And so Sean steals the uh, money out of the cash register to pay for the stolen gum. Yeah, it's like a Ponzi scheme where he's uh, <laughs> stealing money and putting it back in. He's pumping and dumping. That kid's going places. He should be psyched. Uh, all this stuff is just at his disposal in the store. So they get a call at the store, and Dean is a little spooked because... They have to make a grocery delivery to the old Westchester house. And Sean is like, oh, that old rich guy? How do you get rich? And Dean is like, yeah, salvaging shipwrecks. Sean is like, we gotta go as soon as possible because he's super rich. That means we're gonna get a super awesome tip. And Dean is like, but, 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 but it's scary up there. And Sean's like, fuck you. Our tip is shrinking. And so they leave, and it's glorious nighttime. Foggy, glorious nighttime. So they get to the front door of the old Westchester house. They find a map tacked to the front, to the back of the house where they will be able to put the coffee in the pantry. So they go to the back, they open the door, and they trigger like this alarm bell that's attached to the back door. Dean just wants to get the fuck out of there as soon as possible, but Sean is distracted by all the cool salvage that is displayed everywhere, and in particular a very nice compass, which gets a loving close-up. There's a lot of cool like nautical themed treasures there. You got your sextants, your other stuff. Yeah, really cool antiques in there. So they go to the kitchen or the pantry, and something I never noticed before, there's like a huge pile of dirty coffee cups in the sink. Oh, really? Which is like a really nice touch, as well as like bushels full of sweet potatoes and corn. (laughs) Just like tons and tons of food for this one man living alone in a house on the hill. There's no pick-me-up like uh, raw sweet potato. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But uh, this is is another episode, kind of like the one where the... 
the kid was sucking the life out of the vacation guests were really good set design. A super good set design. Dean and Sean get separated. Dean's looking all around. Sean gives him a good old-fashioned jump scare. And uh, Dean is like, you fucking prick, I'll kill you. And Sean is like, I'll kill you. And he pushes him. And then Dean goes straight backwards through a secret bookshelf. And in this secret panic room, there's old man Westchester just cowering behind a chair. And he's like, oh, no, 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 don't hurt me. I'm sorry for what I done did. And they're like, yeah, it's just us, old Mr. Westchester. We're just delivering the groceries. And he's like, oh, boys, I'm sorry, I'm a little jumpy. And then he's like, Dean's like, yeah, you look like you need some sleep. And Westchester's like, oh. I don't think I've had more than a catnap for the last three years. They're like, how'd you get all this stuff? And he's like, oh, pulled it off of shipwrecks, whatever. And they're like, cool. And Mr. Westchester's like, cool. Do you think it's cool to slide a ring from a bony finger or steal a necklace from around a rotten skull? And they're like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. It's so rare that we get moments of kids actually reacting like kids. Yeah. But even in kid shows, you rarely get moments where kids act truthful. And so now we get like a full info dump where he's like, I'm cursed. I'm cursed by the sea for what I done. Whenever I fall asleep, I'm visited by water demons. The kids are like, okay, and they bail, <laughs> and we get another loving close-up of the display case, but this time, the compass is missing. Westchester, despite the espressos he's just sucking down one after the other, he just can't last anymore because he's foolishly sat deep in his cushy wingback chair. <laughs> so he falls asleep, and it's very carpenter. A bunch of fog boils over the sea toward the house, and full-on fog monsters start creeping up on uh, the old Westchester house up on the hill by the sea but before they can get there he wakes up now going back to the bell on the door that was another little detail that they added that i was really pleased by because it's among other things if you were beset by monsters that only came out when you were sleeping it'd be a great idea to have a bunch of sound-based triggers all around the house that could wake you up back at home dean's dad comes in and is like lights out guys and sean is like dude it's it's early. I'm not going to sleep. Fuck your rules. The dad is like, hey, if you sleep under my roof, you sleep under my rules. And Sean is like, well, maybe I don't want to sleep under your roof. So he runs away and the dad is like, whatever. And then Sean goes all the way back to the fucking Westchester house. Where they did an excellent job of establishing <laughs> the hammock. hammock in the front yard. Now, just to remind our listeners, we sort of have a running gag with all these shows shot in Canada, which is all these kids are going to die of exposure if they spend too much time <laughs> Especially outside. Especially right on the coast. Dean's dad even says it gets cold out here at night. So so he goes all the way to the Westchester's house. He gets into the hammock. He covers up. Not long after, old man Westchester falls asleep. Then Dean goes looking for Sean. Cut back to Sean, where the fog's a-brewing. The slimy fog monster corpses are out. They attack Sean in the hammock. He's got, like, slime and goo dripping on his face. And when he wakes up, there's these fucking blubbery, disgusting, like, water corpses. Water demons all surrounding him and they've got they've got some good makeup i enjoyed it we got a dutch angle which i haven't noticed in a while which i was pretty excited about dean hears some screaming runs for the house sean hides in the boathouse but the fog like boils up all under the floorboards sean blows the air horn he wakes old man westchester up the slime demons disappear i mean the water demons water demons 
Dean finds Sean, old man Westchester finds them, and he's like, hey, you've got the mark of the water demon, which is the handprints on the shirt. They're after you, too. He brings them inside. He tells them about a yacht sinking right off his coast. The way he says it, it kind of sounds like that's where the water demons are all coming from, but why would a yacht have, like, antiques and treasures and stuff? It, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but, and I guess it, it's kind of a catch-all. Like, the, the water demons are pissed about every treasure. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if all his previous salvages were, like, down in Barbados or something and it's just a coincidence that this wreck is right off his backyard. So well he even says something about out. like how lucky one right off my right out behind my house or whatever but I also wonder if there are water demons trying to get him from Barbados and stuff but they just don't yeah. have enough time to walk all the way to his uh, <laughs> all the way to his house. Exactly. So he says that he has timed his sleep just long enough for them to reach his door but he never thought to pack up and move inland. Uh, honestly spoiler alert <laughs> the biggest pillar in my water demon defense system is move to the desert. Yeah perhaps his level of guilt just wouldn't allow it. He, he was like punishing himself, really. The problem is that all these ghosts are are sort of a metaphor for a guilty conscience and you can't move away. Right, exactly. He, he doesn't do the salvage anymore. He doesn't think it's cool. He regrets what he's done. But one thing he hasn't thought of, besides moving to the desert, is... Oh no, he did think of it. He tossed everything back. Well, he tossed everything from the Del Rio back, but some of the pieces he traded away, so he couldn't, so the monsters kept coming. It's revenge they want, not revenge. Restitution. So then Dean is like, okay, then you got to throw everything back, including all the stuff you got from Barbados. And so old man Westchester's like, you're right, let's do it. They load his little boat with all the treasures, every last one. Sean is like, peace, I'm out of here. But they're like, no, 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 they're after you too. So then Sean is like, I don't know, he, he grabs an oar or something off the ground it's an oar or a board or something and he's like maybe you should take this and he just knocks old man westchester across the skull he doesn't knock it's, him fully unconscious he smashes this old man's skull <laughs> which they're about to add add one more to the water demon pile <laughs> and he also knocks dean's glasses into the water so luckily dean has a nice flimsy excuse not to go out into the ocean because he can't see anything so sean has to go alone he rows out into the middle of the ocean he starts throwing all the treasures there's a great moment as he's wrong way he goes keep him awake yeah it was pretty cool because the the snotty little brat thief is now heading directly into the lion's den as it were he's going out to see where all of this, the water demons are he's doing it to save them but if the old man who's had his skull fractured slips into a coma then everyone's screwed. So, he's thrown out all the treasures, he's got one last cup, and he's like, here, it's the last one, are you happy? And then, just at that moment, Westchester falls completely unconscious, and the water demons blast out of the water, they grab Sean before he can throw the cup, the cup falls into the bottom of the boat, they're wrestling, struggling, Dean, uh, over on the shore, is trying to wake up Mr. Westchester, finally, Sean gets the last piece, he throws it in the water, and the water demons retreat back into the depths, and then Sean laughs for at least 20 minutes. <laughs> So he rows back to the boathouse, but Old Man Westchester is still out cold. Dean is like, I gotta look for my glasses, which are in the ocean. 
they were knocked into the ocean. He's like, ah, maybe I can, maybe they're just under the surface. And as he's looking over the water, the water demons jump scare out and drag Dean underwater. So Sean realizes that he's still an asshole. He gets the compass that he stole earlier, throws that into the water. Dean pops out. The demons are at rest. Old man Westchester can finally sleep. Even Dean's glasses are on the barrel. And a little bit later, Sean pays for all the crap he stole from the store. He's now a fully actualized human being and no longer a little shit. The end. Or is it? Water demon. When Sean is out at sea, having returned all the treasure, or so he thinks, to the water demons, and he's laughing hysterically, that felt like the end of the episode, and normally you just might have a little button on it where, like, he pays for the gum. When he went back to the boathouse, I was like, oh, this is not over. <laughs> I didn't track that he had the compass still in his pocket, but I could tell, like, just from the pacing, I was like, wait a minute, there, there's going to be another put up your spooks moment, which makes me wonder, just like in Pirates of the Caribbean. He was also cursed by Aztec gold. So they're both cursed by water demons and if Sean goes to sleep, will the water demons come out? Like, What's the connection between sleep and these water demons? Because it's not like they come from their dreams like Freddy. That is a good question. And it's not like manifestations of their imagination or their fears. It's guilt. Old man Westchester feels just as guilty when he's awake. Yeah. So I have no idea what the connection is between sleep and water demons, except for <laughs> the sort of thematic water is metaphor for underworld, is metaphor for subconscious. Do you think it's important that they make a connection between sleep and the arrival of the water demons, or do you think it's okay that it, we leave it up to metaphor? I think that it creates stakes. Sleep is impossible to avoid, yeah. therefore this is a sort of imminent dread so you create that but if you're going to go to all the trouble of laying out exactly why these supernatural event is happening it's just a big blank zero of what it's got to do with sleep so it is important to connect those dots i think it is important to connect those dots looks like you could use a little sleep now I want to talk about your episode because I don't know how you felt about it, but I loved it. So my episode this week is Twilight Zone 1985, the infamous episode Nightcrawlers. Right at the top, I just want to give credits where credits are due, uh, based on a story by Robert R. McCammon. He wrote The Wolf's Hour which was awesome. He wrote They Thirst, which was about L.A. getting taken over by vampires, which was totally awesome. He also wrote Boy's Life, directed by William Friedkin. I was looking this one up because uh, there was a kid in it that I was like, I recognize this kid from somewhere. The place I recognized him from was Starship Troopers. He was the guy, war, we're going to war. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm a writer. A writer's got a right to be nosy, that guy. The only good bug is a dead bug. I didn't recognize the main guy, but it was Mr. Lolly from Teen Wolf. The drama teacher from Teen Wolf. Was just giving it everything he got. And then I read a bit of trivia, which was that Friedkin was like really abusing the actors to try and get what he wanted. And it worked. Good going, Friedkin. Worth it. But we'll talk about that more later. We start with a cop driving through a hellacious storm to reach Big Bob's Diner, where the cook and the waitress are there. They're waiting, happy to receive him. The cop, you know, right away breaks into the gossip, and he's like, hey, there was a massacre at the motel that found a couple bodies, bullet holes and everything. Probably a gang, probably on drugs. 
flames. And then everyone sort of flinches as a station wagon comes like screaming into the parking lot. But it's just a family rushing inside to get out of the storm, get out of the rain. And the cop is like, yeah, you guys can't be out on the road right now. There's a motel nearby. I'll escort you there. And they're like, okay, yeah, that, that's probably for the best. But then another car screeches into the lot. The cop looks out. He sees a sort of wet drifter limping in, and he already doesn't like it. But Mr. Price comes in, gives a little side eye to everyone. He doesn't want anything to eat. He just wants three cups of hot coffee. The cop immediately starts laying into Price about driving too fast for the weather conditions. Uh, he wants to know if he's got a prescription for the pills he's taken. He wants him to join them all at the motel, which is like, wait a minute, I wonder if this cop has some ulterior motives here. <laughs> then he finds out that Price is a Vietnam vet. The waitress saw him playing with a lighter engraved with the word Nightcrawlers, and he doesn't want to talk about it, but the cop will not let go. He yeah. just keeps digging and digging and digging. He's like, oh, I, I, I never went to Nam, but you know, I wanted to go and I support you guys all the way. And so the cop sort of has an about face shift. He didn't like Price. He thought he was suspicious. But as soon as he finds out that he's a vet, he's like all over him. But he still can't help being a total dick about it. So Price explains he was part of a, like a recon unit that would sneak in at night and check out enemy positions. And for that reason, his whole unit, they were all nicknamed Nightcrawlers. And once he starts talking, you know, he, he just keeps giving away more and more gory details. He talks about that final doomed night where the whole unit was pinned down in a valley and there was a firefight and he ran while everyone in his unit was slaughtered. Guys were screaming as they got hit. Except the guys who got it in the mouth and they just made wet sounds and went down into the mud. He basically bludgeons the cop with this story to say, you don't know what it was like. So maybe you ought to keep your opinion to yourself, Mr. Trooper. So he apologized to the family for ruining their meal. And he's just trying to, to pay for his coffee and get out of there. And the trooper's like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I pushed it too far. But please, 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 do not go back out. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> please, 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 don't go out to that storm. You're, you're going to die if you go out there. And Price is like, it's better I'm behind the wheel tonight. You don't want me at that motel. Last time I stayed at a motel, a bunch of people got killed. The last time I stopped at a motel, I fell asleep. And a little bit of this war I brought back came home. This really kind of starts to set off the, the cop's radar. And he's like, you were at a motel and a bunch of people got killed and you're taking pills wait a minute i think this guy's a gang on drugs <laughs> so he's like what do you mean what, what do you mean other people got killed what, what do you mean that you brought the war home with you price explains that he and like four other vets he's met can do the same thing he can do earlier in the episode he's like hey you got any cold beer and the uh the line cook who's this like old gray-haired guy just chawing on a plug of tobacco bigger than his face he's like no ain't got no liquor license and then he looks down at the cup of coffee that Price is holding and it looks like a cold beer and then it looks like a coffee again and the guy's like huh, whatever and then when he's explaining about the mind powers he's like you guys don't got t-bone steak on the menu do you and then he manifests a t-bone steak and the waitress is like oh Price lays out very clearly that he can manifest things with his mind and he's getting really good at it make up your mind 
He says that the manifestations never last long unless he's asleep. And his theory is that he and these other soldiers were sprayed with an experimental chemical agent. And I wondered, were they sprayed with the boner pills from Corman's Calamity? <laughs> is that what he was taking? Yeah, those could have been the pills he was taking that made his imagination so fertile. I went to sleep, you know, and... and, and... I couldn't wake myself up. I mean, I was locked in, right? I was locked in this nightmare. And when I did wake up, they were coming through the door. I mean, they, they were tearing the door right off its hinges. And I ran. Oh, God, I ran. Come on! Come on! Come on! And then I ran. God, I ran. I ran again. He freaks the fuck out out that's the final straw for the cop he pulls out his gun is like you're not going anywhere so price uses his mind powers and melts the gun in his hand and is like fuck off i'm out of here i'm hitting the road and the trooper is like well i'm hitting you with heinz 57 lays him out with a bottle of cats up and the family is like let's get the hell out of here <laughs> so they all dine and dash and they try to leave big bob's cafe and just then a huey comes screaming out of the sky. So the family runs back in. They're like, it can't be a helicopter. Nothing could be flying out in that storm. And out of the mist, a squad of soldiers moves in and just starts blasting. And they're cool as hell, too. They all have, like, crazy face paint. and Yeah, they, they look like the uh, commandos from Predator. And unlike <laughs> most one. of these shows from the 80s, they cut it really well. Like, it was a lot of quick cuts, a lot of really intense frenetic action the trooper gets blown away the waitress chucks a frying pan and just beans one of these these dream <laughs> demon soldiers i missed that part then the cook just like starts growling like a berserker and you know wants to stove in price's head with the pan but he takes a bullet in the chest and the soldiers gather around price and he shrieks Charlie's in the light! And they just gun him down, put him out of his misery. Fade to white. For, for all we know, uh, when they kill Price, uh, they they fade out or cease to exist because the next thing we see, an army of, of cops and ambulances are there. They're sort of mopping up, carting people away. Somehow, Big Bob is alive, even though he took a round through the chest. Uh, <laughs> and as they wheel him away, he's screaming, four more! There's four more vets that can do what Price did! The end. Just move inland. Yep. Two very strong episodes. I agree. So let's get in some ratings real quick. Body count for Tale of the Water Demons. Zero. For Nightcrawlers, two. Because the trooper got it and Price Scare Factor for Tale of the Water Demons. I think it was a pretty good scare factor. There's a lot of jump scares. Scare factor for Nightcrawlers, I'd say pretty high. This came out before X-Files, but for some reason in my mind, it's all kind of mixed up with like the spookiness of X-Files. And I don't remember watching the end of the episode where the soldiers fade away. I remembered like they killed that soldier. And so basically the whole country just turned into like a nightmare version of Vietnam. <laughs> so in my mind, that's always right. been the ending. And, and I always found it profoundly disturbing. More to the point of the story, which is that, you know, these veterans are bringing, literally bringing the war home with them. It's more like a drama factor. I, I don't think that the bulk of the episode was particularly scary. The ending 
could be argued it was scary. However, it's like a dark and stormy night, so that's pretty great. There's all these cars like careering all over the place, which is kind of scary. You never know, like, are they going to smash through the wall? Yeah, I would say it was got a pretty good scare factor. Gross factor for Tale of the Water Demons. You know, there I don't know. Slime. Yeah, there was slime dripping on, on John and... The corpses were pretty corpsey, so it was a little bit gross. For Nightcrawlers, there was definitely some disturbing narrative imagery, but overall, not not very gross. What the factor for Water Demons? I, I think it gets a bump because we realize that there's no connection between <laughs> sleep and these vengeful water spirits. Yeah. What the factor for Nightcrawlers? Certainly, nothing comes out of left field. They do a good job yeah. of setting it up, so it, it's it's pretty shocking but nothing that, like, bumped me. Vink factor for Tale of the Water Demons. Old man Westchester. I mean, he's got a, an odd profession, which is, like, I guess, all that really makes him a vink. I'd give him a low vink factor. Low vink factor. Vink factor for Nightcrawl. Mr. Price is pretty fucking vinky. Yeah, he's he's got magic powers, and he freaks the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, and he's all wet the whole time. <laughs> Theme of Nightcrawling. High. See, high, high for both. Yep. Lessons learned. Tale of the Water Demons. Move to the desert. Certainly move to the desert. Lessons learned from Nightcrawlers. Don't hassle uh, wet, stringy Vietnam vets. Yeah, fucking leave people alone, cops. So maybe you ought to keep your opinion to yourself, Mr. Trooper. Worlds collide. What would happen if Price, the Vietnam vet with mind powers, was visiting the Westchester house and fell asleep or had a sleepover with old Mr. Westchester? Well, he'd probably learn about the water demons right quick. And then maybe we would get double the amount of corpses in the sea because he would manifest water demons in addition to the real water demons. And then it would be mayhem. I think Price is more likely to manifest via Kong. Maybe being by the ocean would relax him finally and he would just be able to rest without manifesting anything. He, he would have to sleep outside in the hammock, though. And the sounds of the ocean, the waves lapping against the shore. No, I think it would be the sound of Charlie and the light. <laughs> As his badass squad of nightcrawlers well, yeah, go doom, down those, regardless. those gooey little yeah. water demons. Ultra doom. Or they could take, wa- you know, I guess they could watch each other. Maybe they'd be the ultimate team up. Mr. West- Old Man Westchester and uh, Price could keep watch, let each one sleep for 10 minutes, and then take turns. I don't think it'd be very restful, but maybe they'd survive. So, on ratings, I think just on Think Factor alone. <laughs> Gotta give this one to Twilight Zone. Well won. Uh, for once in my life, I... Well, I mean, I always enjoy my episodes, but I actually enjoyed <laughs> yours as well. That's not true. I, I often enjoy yours, but sometimes I really hate them. I, I was worried. I was worried that you were going to think... No, I, I absolutely was... I was enthralled. Excellent. So, Water Demons. Let's say through through some, some happenstance, you end up taking some bit of salvage from a ship, and it all gets stolen or lost or traded away. You can't get it back, Aztec gold style. You got these water demons. Now, the water demons are crawling up your backyard or up through your boathouse. You could set an alarm, right? I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to wake up in like 20 minutes, right? Then you go outside, you measure where the goo stops from the dream demons crawling on shore and you're like okay they can move this far per minute or this far per hour and then you just need to move eight hours or so inland you don't gotta move to the desert just move eight hours inland and uh get a get a good night's sleep 
Yeah. Every night. You're still giving up that oceanfront property, though. You are, and that's a shame. <laughs> or you just build uh, build up like a ramp because these dream demons can't climb. Shit, yeah, you could probably just put a wall around your property, but then yeah, you'd I, uh, spoil your views. What about a chain link fence? You could put up a wall or a chain link fence. Well, you could put up a nice-looking fence... Yeah. And then just build the third story on your house because you're rich. Yeah. And then you got all those views, baby. And you just put a, a trap door down, right? Yeah. So you go up to the third floor, you just seal that hatch, bat However, it down. However, if it was as simple as that, then Old Man Westchester could just lock his doors. So the water demons can clearly go through locked doors. I mean, they're in the fog. They can just fog right through the cracks. We don't know if they can go through locked doors because the kids don't have a key, do they? Well, no, he specifically leaves it open so that they can deliver the coffee. But he also says, I sleep just long enough for them to reach the door and then I wake up. Right. So if he slept any longer, they'd get him inside the house. That That's the presumption. But that's untested because they've never done it. Well, he must have tested it at some point. I mean, I guess we are well, no, assuming they didn't that. Get but, it. I mean, he does spell it out in black and white. This is his system that's kept him alive. Yeah. Well, so I think moving in eight hours inland is really the only option. Yep. That and, like, get some motion detectors or something. Yeah. Or, like, like a, a whole uh, armada of high-powered dehumidifiers just yeah. going 24-7 around the perimeter of your house. Get some of that desiccant gel, <laughs> yeah. throw it out there, and just, just <laughs> suck those water demons right up. Salt, circle of salt around the house. Kind of funny that they're called water demons. Well, once again, with ghosts and ghouls, there are no rules. <laughs> but a water demon's bite only comes at night. It's just the, cl- the cute name he's given them. They, I mean, they've had a <laughs> lengthy relationship at this point, so. That's true. So, as is so often the case, these sort of silly little kids plots, you know, with their sort of uh, what the factors, do make my brain turn and think of like, well, what would happen? Or, or what story would I tell? It inspired a, a very short story for me where you set something up where there's someone who moves into the desert because he's got to get away from some kind of vengeful water spirits or or sea ghosts or something. And the twist would be that there is some kind of underground river that opens <laughs> that like yeah empties out into the sea. And so even though he's like a hundred miles in the desert, you know these things can come up. He'd have to start a bunch of corporations to speed up global warming. That way all the underground rivers and aquifers would dry up. Or he could just start like a bunch of huge industrial farms and like suck down the water table. He could just shoot some oil wells, uh, Daniel Plainview style. So that... Dream. Well, they, the water demons, I mean... Boy. Don't, don't fool yourself. They can f- flow through oil as long as there's water in there just as easily as uh, clean water. Water and oil don't mix. Famously. Yeah, but the oil is not going to get rid of the water. I'm talking about reducing the underground water supply that so that they can't get... Daniel Plainview would drink the Water Demon's milkshake, is all I'm saying. All right, then. Well, the only alternative is to rerun for your life. 